Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us now is Pro Football Hall of Famer and Super Bowl winner Rod Woodson. He played 17 years in the NFL after being drafted 10th overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers. After 10 seasons with the Steelers, he also spent time with the 49ers and Raiders and won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. He played his college football at Purdue and grew up in Indiana. Since his final season in 2003, he has spent time as an NFL analyst and as a coach with the Raiders. He is currently an analyst with the NFL Network. He is a husband and a father of five. We are thrilled to have the great Rod Woodson on Unpacking It today. Rod, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Man, I am doing outstanding. Thanks for having me on. Oh, great to hear. And, and I guess first up, how has the summer been going? What, what have you been up to this summer? Uh, this summer, I just, uh, I just moved. I uh, oh. just moved to Las Vegas, Nevada from uh, the Bay Area. So got out of the uh, uh, high prices to the high heat Wow! <laughs> from one to the other. But, uh, but it's awesome. Um, you know, it's a lot cheaper here. Uh, so in retirement, when I do retire, um, it'll be a little bit better for the family and, and my pocketbook. And uh, <laughs> so I've been doing that. Um, I did that, you know, probably about a month and a half ago. And then, uh, now I'm, I'm doing some stuff with the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy. So it's an academy we started uh, almost, well, this is our fourth year, but um, our third full year that we do camps. Um, and we were in Canton, Ohio. We had some All-Americans uh, come through. Then we had some rising high school uh, players come through and then with some international players. And then we had our youth program come through throughout the whole week. So we are there the whole week uh, going through uh, – football settings with them and life skills. And then we take that same model and we take that internationally wow. and we've gone to Mexico, we've gone to France, we've gone to Germany. So um, doing that and trying to grow that. Uh, and then last, last year I had the, our first inaugural world bowl that we did in Mexico city. So we took all the three star, four star players, five star players in the U S about 55 of them. And we blended in, like three native-born Mexicans, and then we blended in, I think, three. it was two guys from the Netherlands, two guys from France. Uh, they came over in Mexico, played in a like a, a all-star game. Um, so we did that last year for the first time. We're going to do it again. We also did the first um, the early signing period that we now have in college in early December. Yeah. We did that uh, um, same thing in Mexico City um, on CBS Sports. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been busy. Uh, you know, we're just trying to grow that little part of it because I think giving back to the high school kids, are, which is our grassroots part of being playing football, uh, the better they are when they're younger, uh, the better the game would be as they get older. Yeah, no question. Well, so what is your role specifically then with the academy? Well, I'm kind of the uh, overall spokesperson for the academy, but then – you know, we do our breakout sessions. I'm, I, I do take the DBs, and sometimes I'm the defense coordinator 
Um, but I, I'm the person um, that's going to talk to him. But we, all, we we let all our coaches, you know, speak to him and speak life to him, speak life skills to him. Every coach has different lenses, has different viewpoints on how life has been for him. So everybody has a different take. And I think the more that they can hear from different people who have been in the shoes that they've been in, because all my coaches and uh, are either ex-players mm. or ex-NFL coaches. So um, all the everybody that's involved with the camp um, has been in the National Football League, and that's where all these guys want to play. So um, as much as they can speak to them, uh, I think it's better for them. Absolutely. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And and, and, and speaking of, of being a Hall of Famer and, and continuing to, to be associated you know, with this academy, but just being one of the, the members of, of the Hall of Fame. Now, you, you were inducted in 2009. What, what's maybe the, the best part of being a Hall of Famer? What, what does it mean to you to be a Hall of Famer? Well, I can say, you know, it would be great if I said it gave me special privileges at home, but it doesn't. <laughs> I, I, I still got to take out the trash. Yep. I still got to clean the toilets. I still got to go get the groceries. So it doesn't give me any special privileges here. I love it. But, um, you know, I, I, you know I, but I think, you know, for being an ex-player, you know, when, especially when you think about the NFL, only about 27,000 people have signed an NFL contract. Mm. And it's only like it's almost like, and it's only like three hundred and thirty some odd guys who've been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it's a small, it's a small group. Um, you know, I'm very blessed to uh, had a lot of natural talent, uh, but along with that, I've had some great coaches when I first got to came in the league, especially when I went to Pittsburgh. You know, I had Tony Dungy as my defensive coordinator, my defensive back coach, and then. John Fox, uh, who play, who was a coach for a long time in the National Football League, he was a rookie coach that came in after that. And a guy oh, named man. Rod Rust came in after that. And then after those guys left and Chuck Noll was there, and Chuck Noll retired after the five years, uh, Bill Cower, Don Keepers, and Dick LeBeau came in. Mm. So I had those guys for five more years. So I've I just been, you know, I, I've been overly blessed with having some great mentors as coaches in my life, especially when I first came in. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And and so, in speaking about the, the Hall of Fame, and of course in a couple of weeks we'll, we'll see the, the next class do their induction speeches, and it's always a, a special day of the year, and I, I love listening to just you know kind of the perspective of, of different guys as they look back on their life and career. But when you gave your speech, it really was more about faith and family even than it was about football. So, so what was your approach to your speech, and, and what did you want your message to be when you were given that, that platform? Well, you know, that's a tough one because, you know, you, you know, and as I said in my speech, no island is unto himself, you know, um, you know, you don't do this stuff on your own. There's a lot of people behind you who do a lot of things for you as you're a kid going all the way up through, you know, high school or little league to high school, to college, to the pros. And so the first thing you do, you're trying not to to try not to forget any of those important people to thank them. That's the first thing. Mm. And then the secondly, you're trying not to overly get sensitive and overly emotional and just cry when you can't talk, <laughs> you know, and because yep. you're, you're going to thank the people that you love, you know, especially when you start thinking your mom and, and your wife and your children, you know, that's, that's an emotional part of it, um, you know, um, so that, you know, you, you try to get through that barrier 
But I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, that it's, it's a platform where that's the first time the mass audience gets to see who the individual player is. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you're trying to tell your story uh, in a decent time frame, uh, even though I, 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 I went pretty long, <laughs> but in a decent time frame where, you know, you're not making everybody extremely bored in the audience because you got eight more guys behind you or five more guys behind you, you know, but you don't want to forget anybody. I, to me, that was the biggest thing that I want to tell my story. I want them to let, I want them to let them know who I was as a person, but I want to thank everybody who helped me get to that point. Rod Woodson, our guest right now, and, and you mentioned you know all these different coaches that, that had such a big impact on your career, and then following your career, you've, you've been able to spend some time as a coach, and, and you were with the Oakland Raiders a, a few years ago. So, so what did you enjoy most about being a coach, and, and what kind of drew you to pursue that? Well, I, I mean, I always wanted to coach. Um, you know, I had the opportunity when Bill Coward first retired uh, or first, excuse me, when Bill, when I first retired and Bill was in, in Pittsburgh, you know, he offered me the DB job. And at that moment, I wasn't ready mentally. Mm. When you spend, you know, 17 years in the National Football League playing, it's hard to wrap your head around what you're going to do for coaching because you know the coaches are going to spend more time in the building. At that time, my kids were younger, but I always had that itch to do it because I always coached all my kids, you know, their little teams when they were younger. So I always had that urge, um, but for me, it was to give back to what was given to me. You know, what Tony taught me, what Dick taught me, what Chuck taught me, what some of my peers taught me, you know, all those things that I remember and some of the things I taught myself over the course of my 17 years, that to give that back to the younger audience, the younger players. So hopefully they can somehow put that on their tool belt and use that to make them a better player and a better person. Um, that's one of the main reasons I did it, you know, and and it was fun. I enjoyed my room. I enjoyed my guys. I had a great time uh, speaking life into those guys and speaking football into those guys. Mm. We won some football games. We didn't win enough. Uh, that's why we got fired. But, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a cycle of life uh, yeah. in sports. You know, if you don't win, you get fired. Absolutely. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a Pro Football Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl winner, spent 17 years in the NFL, and – in, in speaking about you know being a coach, but but also while you were playing, you were known for your leadership, and and teams brought you in to to be a leader and and to you know be a, an important voice in the locker room. What what did you learn about leadership from from initially watching others and and even a lot of the coaches that you've mentioned? But but then what was your strategy as a leader? What what type of leader were you and and, and continue to be? Well, I, I think you know first to be a leader, you have to be able to lead yourself. You know, you have to be able to lead yourself on a consistent basis uh, of doing the right thing, being a pro, as we would call it. And being a pro is a, you know, if the meeting starts at 8, you can't show up at 8. I mm. need you to be there at 7.45, 7.50, um, so you can get ready and settle in. Always be prepared to, to listen. Always be prepared to write something down because you never know what your coach might say. Um, he might say something that's not football-related. It's life-related. And it strikes a chord with you and you can write that down and, and, and use that for the rest of your life. And, you know, some of the things I did throughout my career and then, and I felt there was an obligation on my behalf as I became an older player to be that guy, mm. you know, to be that voice in the locker room to be, you know, when I went to Baltimore, you know, Ray Lewis was a third year player. He was a baby. Mm. You know, all those guys are babies. 
And, you know, normally when you, when you look at a locker room, everybody's seated in their position groups together. You know, so my locker should have been next to other DBs. Well, they didn't have that. They had my locker right next to Ray Lewis and Peter Bowler right by the linebackers. So wow. I knew Marvin wanted me to talk to Ray and Peter about football and life. Mm. Um, and and so I felt it was my obligation because Donnie Shell was my roommate when I first came into the league. Wow. Donnie was like in his 13th or 14th year. Um, so you know, I played with Mike Webster. John Stallworth was there in, mm. in Pittsburgh. All those guys poured into me in the year, year and two years that I played with those guys. Um, so I felt it was an obligation to pour back into the younger generation. These guys, and you know, Ray turned out to be arguably one of the best linebackers to ever play in the National Football wow. League. He had tremendous talent, but he had a tremendous work ethic, um, you know, and I think that's the key, you know, that's something that Chuck Noll told me uh, my rookie year. It's not about talent. It's about two to one mental to physical uh, and the guys who learn how to do that and apply it back on the practice field from the meeting rooms. They separate themselves from the average players to the great players. Mm. Good stuff. Gosh, Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens and, and Ray Lewis, of course, on that team as well. And, and, and Rod, we, we love talking football on this show, but we also uh, just love hearing about our, our guests' faith journey. And, and so we would love to hear a little bit about your story of grace and, and really you know, how Jesus has changed your life and, and continues to change your life. Well, I, I grew up um, Catholic, so my mom was Catholic, my dad was Southern Baptist. That's a heck of a mix, Ooh. if you can think about it. Um, you know, but... We grew up Catholic, going to the Catholic Church. We would go to the uh, Southern Baptist Church uh, on the south side of uh, our hometown in Fort Wayne, Indiana, every blue moon. Uh, but normally we, we belonged to St. Mary's. Uh, we went to catechism classes as I got into uh, my early teens. But then, you know, I, so I was always kind of in and out of my faith growing up, going through it. Um, and then once I got to college, I got married. And I think it was like our third year of marriage when my wife, Nikki, and I we were leaving the uh, the Catholic Church, and we, we were walking down the steps, and we just looked at each other and said, you know what, I need more. Mm. Um, and then my wife was um, upstairs in our bedroom. It was probably that same time frame, probably around our, our third year of marriage, where she came down and said, I gave my I gave myself to Christ. And she was the first one to literally, like, physically... You know, you give yourself to Christ, but then she followed Christ. Mm. You know, a lot of people are believers, you know, but people believe in the Easter Bunny. Mm. You know, people believe in Santa Claus. You know, do you follow Christ? Do you walk with him? Mm. So she she was really the first one to make, take that true initiative out of our relationship. And then, you know, I, I saw her walk for the next previous years, and then I'm still in and out of really, really, really following Christ. I mean, I always believed in him, but I... I'm talking about really following him. And uh, I go to Baltimore, and Rod Harrison uh, was our team chaplain, and he kept pouring into me. And uh, going into my last year there, Randall Cunningham comes in, and Randall's a senior pastor here in Nevada over in the Houston area. He has a church over here. But he said something. He said, every time you sin, you persecute Christ again. Hmm. And something, those words resonated with me hmm. and pierced my soul. And I was like, really? You got to say that this morning, right uh -huh. now? And that, that was the moment. That was the moment that 
my life changed. That was a moment that I start following Christ. That was a moment I became a true disciple of Christ. Mm. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. Amen. Gosh, wow, incredible story. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And so this is a little bit later in your NFL career. So what? how did being in the NFL at that time as you're becoming this disciple and, and really seeking the Lord, how was it challenging during that time? And, and how was it maybe an advantage because of the, the chaplains and, and other players surrounding you. Well, it, it, it's, it's definitely a challenge because this is a this, this is a high testosterone level job, um, you know, and it's not a um, a lot of true followers, and you always want to fit in, you know, and and that's what I kind of did when I first came into the locker room and trying to fit in. Where do I belong? How do I belong? How do I fit with the guys? Mm. You know, it, it took it took you know it. it it was a process for me, and, and God put me through that process to learn, to, to mold me, to build me, to strengthen me. You know, once I got to the point where I realized I could make a stand and had a true belief and had those morals and never cross it, and the guys would still respect me. Mm. And it was the same way when I went to coaching. Uh, how do you fit in in the coaching world where every coach wants to cuss players out and belittle them, mm. and that's not who I am? Mm. So how do I seem to be tough but fair without swearing and belittling and breaking guys down? They're build, building them up with God's love and, and encouraging words. So those are, that was challenging. But uh, one thing that we found in, in, in Oakland that we, we had quite a few men who follow Christ. Yeah. And we, you know, we had, we had a coach's Bible study uh, every Monday. And you know, we had some really good guys there that, you know, we got to pray for each other and to be encouraging each other. We challenged each other when we saw one of the coaches kind of going sideways and, yeah, yeah. and not saying what he's going to do. And it, it made us it made us better coaches, but it made, it made us better men, uh, especially godly men. You know, one thing that we used to say in that room is that we were uh, disciples of Christ disguised as NFL coaches. <laughs> and that's what we really that's really what we are, yeah. you know. You know, if if you're you're a, you're a disciple of Christ, disguised as a radio host. That's right. You know, and 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 that's how we that's how we should live. We should all be disciples of Christ. And then whatever you know, whatever we do in our lives, we're just disguised. God just put us in that place, so you know we can be encouraging to maybe just one person. Mm. Um, it changes that one person's life, and we know that God is all about changing everyone's life, but one soul is better than themselves. Amen. Amen. Rod Woodson, our guest right now on Unpacking It, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner. Now he's an analyst uh, with NFL Network. And and so as you've become this this follower of Jesus and continue to, to follow him, how has that impacted your marriage and, and also your approach as a, a father to, to your five children? Well, marriage is... is, is it's made it better. Um, you know, like I said, me and my wife, she, my wife gave herself over to God before I did. Um, so, you know, she keeps, she keeps me, uh, you know, if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm not too loving at times uh, to my kids, because I have three girls and two boys, uh, she'll get on me uh, a little bit about it saying, you know, you got to do a little bit more encouraging and use your encouraging words. Uh, you know, we still can be challenging to our children because our children are older. You know, we need to set the path for them and show them the way. And then they're, they're going to have their own process that God's going to put them through. So, um, you know, I, I think it's been outstanding. It's been a great move to come here. You know, we're still looking for our church home here. Mm. 
Um, so we're, we've been kind of going to different places. So we gotta, we got to find that. But, you know, I, I think over the course of time, being, being, a, being a follower of God and Christ, a believer, you know, I think it's made me a better father because it's made me more patient with my kids. Because we know we know the kids can be challenging, even when they're in their, you know, mid, probably more challenging in their mid twenties, late twenties. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's made me more understanding uh, than what I used to be. And every time I want to look at that, I always go to Romans twelve, and when it really talks about being a true man of God, mm. and that's kind of like my benchmark yeah. of where I should be. And, if I get too far away from that, I go back and read that that chapter over again to kind of bring me back down to earth. Amen. Or yeah, with the eternal perspective, exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Rod Woodson, our guest right now. Well, as talk, talking about being a, a father, I'm actually going to be a first time dad in just a few weeks, and so I, I've been asking my my guests recently what what's maybe some some wisdom you can share. To, to me and any other first time dad that, that's listening today, because you've got to have some experience. You, you got five of them yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. Well, first of all, um, just love them, love them, uh, unconditionally. Uh, they're going to make mistakes, uh, love them anyway. Uh, you don't have to like the choices that they make, uh, but you're still going to love them as, as your children. And, uh, you know, I was kind of using an example as that, is your, and nobody really uses bar of soaps anymore, so I don't even know if, if you've used a bar of soap in your life. But oh, the old bar of soaps that we all used to use when we were kids, you know, I use the examples that, you know, the if you hold it too tight, it squirts out of your hand. Mm. If you hold it too loose, it slips through your fingers. Mm. But if you hold it just right, it works and it cleanses you. So I would say hold your children just right and got to do the rest. Amen. Oh, that's great advice. I love that. It's a, it's a good illustration uh, today as well, so I appreciate that. Well, well, Rod, I did want to ask you about your return to the NFL Network, because you were an analyst, then you became a coach, and, and now you're, you're back with, with NFL Network. So what do you enjoy most about being an analyst, and, and how did that kind of process come about to, uh, to return to, to that role? Yeah, you know, so I, I work with the NFL Network and Westwood One. Westwood One is a national radio broadcast. Oh, yeah on serious for the NFL game. So I do that too with Howard Denneroff. Um, but I, you know, for me is that, you know, I built a really good relationship with the NFL network. I built a great relationship with Howard and, and going back and working on air like that. First of all, it's a lot easier. It's less time constraint <laughs> than coaching. Um, but you still get to give your few viewpoints and the probably the one thing you can do more often than not is that you can be wrong but you won't get fired like you do uh, <laughs> if you're an NFL coach. So <laughs> yep. it, was kind of, it, was, it was, it was, but it was really fun to go back. Cause you know, when I first, uh, when NFL first NFL network first started, I came in there in 2004, mm. the first full year for it. And I was there for eight years afterwards. Um, so it, it was to see it grow. It's still growing. Uh, they're doing a tremendous job over there of, of just talking football and having fun with it. So it's good to be back in that building, uh, representing Christ on the on air and having fun with the guys off the air. Oh, that, that's awesome. Well, you, you do a great job. I'm, I'm glad to see you back on there and, uh, and cool to have your insight. And, and, and today, the kind of the, the big story in the NFL right now is wondering, wait, could the league actually go to a, a season that has 18 games? So, so what do you think about that possibility, and, and, and what are some of the, the thoughts that come to mind for you? Well, I, I think if they, two things. I think if they're going to 
go to eight get ten games, uh, then they, the the paychecks would have to increase to give them uh, two more regular season games money. So out of that two hundred and thirty four million each team received a couple of weeks ago, they would have to take a chunk of that and and divide that up by whatever the players are making, and you got to add that to two more games. That's the first thing. So I don't know if they're going to if they want to lose money. I mean, when you make millions and millions of dollars, really you don't like giving it away. <laughs> um, that's one. And then, and then secondly, I think if, if it's player safety, you know, we have a 53-man roster in the National Football League, but on game day, only 47 guys dress out. Mm. My argument has been for the longest is that all 53 guys uh, go against the cap, all 53 players. Uh, contracts go against the cap, and every player that goes against the cap should dress out on game day. So if somebody gets hurt, now an offensive lineman can play his position, a tight end can play his position, a running back can play his position, a linebacker can play his position, and you don't have to put him somewhere else where he really doesn't know. And now the likelihood of him getting hurt because he's second-guessing and he's hesitating increases. So, you know, if they do something like that, I, I mean, I, I would love to see them take the 53-man roster and everybody's active on game day, no matter if they stay at the 16-game schedule. But definitely if they go to 18 games, they have to increase the bodies on the field, on the sideline, dressed out already, just to keep the players being safe. Absolutely. No, that, that makes sense. And uh, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how they, they work all this out and what, where the discussion goes from here. Uh, but, Rod, man, really appreciate you joining us today on Unpacking It and, and appreciate you just sharing about your, your story and your, your love for Jesus and, and, and wish you the best now that you're moving to, uh, to, to Las Vegas and, and enjoy your time there and with your family and, and have a great rest of the summer. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.